And we're back with Legacies of Life, helping families of organ donors and anyone who grieves cope with their heartache. We are in episode two, and this episode is being released just days before National Grief Awareness Day, which is August 30th. National Grief Awareness Day was started in 2014 and is meant to encourage open communication on grief and loss, which of course, what our podcast is all about. We are your hosts. I'm Edwina. And I'm Adriana. We are from the aftercare department at Texas Organ Sharing Alliance in San Antonio. And today we are welcoming our first guest. Tara Storch is a donor mom and a co-founder of Taylor's Gift Foundation. It was established in 2010. Taylor's Gift is led by professionals and trained volunteers to provide families with a safe space to express their feelings with someone who has experienced a grief journey of their own. Tara, welcome to Legacies of Life. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Yes, we're so honored that you are our first guest. Um, Not only are you helping donor families, but your family um, knows this experience firsthand too. So um, before we kind of dive into uh, your Taylor's Gift Grief support, um, can you tell us a little bit about Taylor and your family's decision to donate? Sure. So um, I don't think you have enough time on this podcast for me to tell you all about Taylor. (laughs) She was such an incredible child. And, you know, um, we had her friend over not too long ago, who's now 27. And, and we stayed close to a lot of Taylor's friends. And she said something that I think really kind of says a lot about Taylor. She said, Taylor was everybody's best friend, meaning that she was a good listener. She was present. She was, um, asked the, questions about them or was interested. She was very other centered. And, you know, our story really happened in um, Beaver Creek, Colorado. We were on our spring break vacation and having an incredible time as a family. And it was on that last run of the day where my husband, Taylor, and our son, Ryan, wanted to have one last run before the slopes closed. And our daughter, Peyton, the smallest one, was tired and just wanted some hot chocolate. So I went with her at the bottom of the mountain and waited and we waited and waited. And I remember distinctly seeing Todd and Ryan coming down the escalator on their own without Taylor and Todd grabbing my shoulders and said, Taylor's been in an accident. She's being care flighted right now. And she was on that last run and went into the trees and hit a tree and doing everything right. She was a great athlete. She was wearing her helmet. It was just an accident. And she was care flighted to Grand Junction, Colorado, where the doctors did everything they could to save her life. I mean, everything they could. And we had gotten to the point really where we knew there would be no recovery, that Taylor was not going to survive. And I remember I think it was a nurse or maybe someone from an OPO like yours in Colorado who approached us at that time. And I remember my husband standing by Taylor's bed and I was kneeling down kind of right beside her. And the nurse knelt down beside me and said, she's a beautiful candidate for organ donation. And would you consider it? And that's where everything started for us. I mean, we were making some really tough decisions, but I remember my husband and I looked at each other And immediately just said, yes, because 
of the type of child Taylor was. And, you know, we had never, ever talked about donation in our family, not even once. I mean, I think I had checked it off on my driver's license, but it was not a conversation. But we knew in our heart of hearts that Taylor, if she would have been asked that question for her final act to be of service to others, she would have said yes. And Taylor went on to save and improve the lives of five people with the gift of her heart, both kidneys, her liver, her pancreas, and she gave sight with her cornea. And that one yes really put us on an incredible path. Yes, it kind of um, gave you all inspiration for your organization named after Taylor, Taylor's Gift. Um, So I know uh, TOSA, we are very appreciative to be able to work with Taylor's Gift. Can you explain a little bit about your grief support program and how you came about um, that program? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, when we first started Taylor's Gift um, in 2010, it really was about sharing the importance of organ donation. And really, we wanted to make an impact with that. And one of the ways we did that is we understand, as you both know, um, that it is not an easy topic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because when people bring this up with each other, people think of death. But organ, eye, and tissue donation is all about life. That's what it's about. And so we wanted to change that conversation. So we coined the phrase, outlive yourself. How do you want to outlive yourself and leave a lasting difference in the lives of others? And that's a great way to have this conversation with your family and friends is to say, how do you want to outlive yourself? How do you want to leave that lasting legacy? And if you are an organ donor and have registered and want to have this conversation with your family, you can say, that's how I want to outlive myself. Mm-hmm. I want to save others. And so that's a great way to spark the conversation. So we We really were making momentum with that, but we always kind of saw this lack of grief support Mm -hmm. specifically for the donor side. And we wanted to step into that space years ago, but the world really wasn't ready. And then then COVID hit, right? And mental health became something that is very talked about, very received and sought after. And it was the perfect time for us to start our Taylor's Gift Grief Support Program, specifically tailored to the donor side. And it has really taken off. Um, We are in now 10 organizations like TOSA um, who are sharing this grief support program and what it consists of. It is an entire year of free grief support for the donor family. And that's an individual or it could be the family as a whole. And we offer two ways to do that. And the donor family can use both. It's not an either or. We offer them a caring guide which is peer-to-peer support. Um, they, the peer-to-peer support, these are people who truly have walked grief journey. They haven't been certified or trained. They have walked that journey. They understand the despair and the hurt. And especially with donation, it's a kind of a complicated grief in the sense for a donor family because you have the grief from the sudden loss So you're dealing with the shock of that. Mm -hmm. And then you have the silver lining of gratitude in a sense that your loved one was able to save others. So it's, it's really where kind of grief and gratefulness kind of share the same space. And it's a very unique kind of grief. And I'm not saying gratefulness that, Mm -hmm. you know, you're happy that, but it's, it's a beautiful silver lining that you're given that your loved one was able to save others. And so we, as our family, we have walked this journey. 
We understand this journey. And so we want to be able to help others who are also walking that journey. So we give them a caring guide, which is peer-to-peer support. And then we also offer support groups for these donor families. And you mentioned COVID, um, you know, how kind of it changed everything around us. And one of the amazing things about uh, Taylor's Gift Grief Support is it's all virtual. So -hmm. there's no geographic boundaries. Um, Really, any family located anywhere can talk to a caring guide. Exactly right. Exactly right. Thank you for bringing that up. And that's why I think the program has expanded so quickly um, because of the virtual component. And it's something that the world is used to now, right? You can still get that um, help and that connection. Um, And so it's been it's been beautiful. And one of the organic things that has happened through this is that a lot of our donor families who are in support groups, they find that they're kind of in the same areas of each other and they're meeting outside of this and have created friendships and mm-hmm. which is so special, so special. And, you know, we have been working with individuals in these donor families and these, the individuals are having such beautiful connections with their caring guide that they're wanting their caring guide to help their family as a whole. And we're able to do that. So for us to be able to step in this space and help these donor families at, at the darkest hour, um, we understand that. We, we've been there. We have walked that journey. And I think that's why, um, you know, we just feel so honored to be able to offer this to TOSA and to other OPO partners. Um, we're just so grateful that you have taken Taylor's Gift Grief support and been able to offer it to your donor families as a resource. Yeah. And I think that you, I mean, you spoke so beautifully about what it's like to be a donor family member and to lose, you know, a loved one, a child is when it's so unexpected and and not knowing who to turn to. And I know speaking with some of the families, when we offer them that, that resource, you know, they don't know where to turn they don't know where to go to. And so I know how appreciative that they are. And especially at a time where, even though we're not so much in COVID as much as we were in years past, I think that when you're at the start of that grief, a lot of families just want to stay home. You don't really want to do very much. And so to be able to have it at home and not have to go somewhere different, I think is really helpful for these families. But for yourself and your family, what was that What was that grief journey like for you? And, you know, you seem to be able to speak so much about it differently, probably, than you were initially. Mm-hmm. What helped you with that to be able to have that just, I don't want to call it not a relief and not a celebration like you mentioned, but but it is a different feeling now that you've learned so much. And what was that like? You know, our grief journey, we, we had a wonderful uh, community and family um, support. We were blessed in that way, but we really didn't have anybody around us that really had walked this kind of journey, you know, not only just losing a child, but the whole organ donation piece of it, right? And so, we were actually introduced to a family um, who really kind of changed things for my husband and I, because, you know, when you have a sudden loss, especially of a child, it just, it changes the dynamics of your family. Right. And so my husband and I were grieving completely differently, completely differently. And we were struggling with that. And we were introduced to a couple who were 10 years ahead of us in losing their child. And I remember looking at them thinking, how have you survived this, right? But I looked at them as hope, like I see them as hope. And they gave us this little piece of advice that 
I can't believe we weren't doing. They just said, you have to give each other the grace to grieve the way those, you know, you have to give each other the grace to grieve the way they need to, the way your spouse needs to, the way your family members need to, because everybody grieves differently. And it's so funny because Todd and I have a very strong foundation of a marriage, but we were not giving each other that grace. And it was just that light bulb moment that made us realize we need to give each other that. So that was part of also moving forward, right? Being able to realize that everybody grieves differently, but it also meeting with this other couple, we saw the hope in them and we saw that they were smiling and, you know, they had joy that I didn't ever think I'd find again. Right. And so the way, what really kind of just helps us with our grief support program is that we want to be that beacon of hope. We want our caring guides and our support group facilitators to be that hope for these families because everybody grieves differently. But when you see others who have been in your shoes or have walked a really hard grief journey and they are doing okay, they have a smile on their face and they've, you know, learned to, um, move forward without moving on, if that makes sense to you, because you'll always have your loved one with you always. And I don't think I've ever moved on from the loss, but I've moved forward. Right. And that's really, really important. And so for us to be able to offer, um, that kind of resource where donor families can look and go, okay, you've given me hope you know, I can see hope in you because you have walked this. It's real important. I mean, you, you, you deal with this anyways in your personal life, right? I mean, something happens to you and you have a breakup or something. You, you end up kind of gravitating to those friends who have also kind of experienced that, right? Because you have that commonality and it just really opens up the conversation and that vulnerability can be easily reached quick because y'all both understand each other. And so that's why it's just really important to us to be able to step into this space because we've been there. We've walked that journey. And I know that y'all have said this before, how it really is a gift for y'all to be able to offer this resource to your donor families, to an organization led by a donor family who has walked that journey, right? Absolutely. So um, yeah, so that's important to us to have that connection. Absolutely. And you touched earlier, I think it's important um, that you mentioned being a donor family and the organ donation process in and of itself creates for a very complicated grief journey um, mm -hmm. because you now have recipients and you find this hope, but then you also want to make sure they're doing okay. You want to give them their space, but you also want to, mm -hmm. um, you know, meet the person that your loved one was able to save and they're living on in someone else. Um, mm -hmm. Have you been able to meet Taylor's recipients? And uh, if so, can mm -hmm. you kind of talk to us a little about that? Yeah. So we've been really blessed to be able to have connected with four out of the five of recipients. And that is really, I know, very rare. Um, it was a few months after that we lost Taylor that we were actually able to meet her heart recipient. And that story um, was on Good Morning America. And you can go to our website, uh, taylorsgift.org. And if you look under About Us, you'll see a press link and you can see that Good Morning America story because that's really kind of where everything kind of launched for us. So it's really hard to kind of describe what it's like to meet 
you know, your loved one, our daughter's recipients. It, it is a mix of emotion. And people have asked us too, if meeting them have brought us peace. And I, I don't think we'll ever have peace with losing Taylor, but it sure has given us so much strength seeing them in their families and creating memories. Um, it's given us strength, the sense that the decision we made was the right one for our family. And also just being able to see them have the gift of time and the gift of memories that they're going to have with family members is just, it's such a complicated mix of emotions and it's beautiful and sad all at the same time, mm -hmm. right? It's that mixture, which also is just that complicated grief part okay. of a donor family. Absolutely. And I think it also speaks to the importance of Taylor's gift being run by a donor family, as you were mentioning before, because you have that firsthand knowledge of that complicated grief mm -hmm. for our donor families. So that's it's right. really special. I think especially even, I, of course, you know, we all struggle with the loss of a loved one. It doesn't matter who they are, if they are our family, immediate family or a friend or someone mm -hmm. that you grew close to. But I know, especially, um, you know, the loss of a child is very difficult for, for so many parents and is something that a lot of people struggle with. And I think like Adriana said, you know, to know that you've gone through it and you're offering me help. And you, like you also mentioned, you know, seeing the hope in someone else's eyes and their experiencing, knowing that every day isn't going to be like this. Some days will be, but other days mm -hmm. it's going to be okay. And we're going to be come to a place where we can feel comfort and be reminded of the gift that our loved one gave uh, and still be able to, to, to mourn them on the days that we miss them the most. Uh, mm -hmm. but still be able to to have hope and, and to know that they gave life to someone else and know whether we meet them or not, or whether we get to hear from them or not, we can imagine the ways that people's lives have been changed because of the gift that they gave. That's right. And the gift of time that was given to them that they wouldn't have been able to have before. I mean, that's just such a gift in itself, right? Oh. And, you know, one of the things that we you know, didn't touch on, but I think it's important is our grief support program not only helps organize tissue donors, we help donor and spirit families. Yes. And those donor and spirit families are those families who their loved one wanted to be an organ donor. That yes was there, but for some reason, it just wasn't able to happen. But those families are still grieving. Their loved one wanted to be a donor. And so we help those families too. And we call them, you know, donor and spirit families because the donor wanted to be able to give the gift of life to others. So that is also another um, group of families, a donor family that we help. Absolutely. I think that's so important too, because I think, um, you know, those families, you know, they maybe thought, you know, or so hopefully, you know, we're again talking about that hope we're going to mm -hmm. make something good out of a bad situation. And then for one reason or another, um, it wasn't possible to have that donation, but that family is still wondering, well, what happened? Or, you know, it's kind of a, a new grief again. Mm -hmm. So instantaneously after hearing that their loved one has passed away. So I think it's really great that that's something that's being offered to those families because, um, you know, that that's must be so difficult to, to have to hear. Mm -hmm. oh, of course. 
And I know that, you know, you've been so involved in, in promoting organ donation. I know that's how you all started off. I remember even, I think it was a nail polish, right? A color yes. that you all had done. I remember that I was thinking about it this morning. Yes, we had OPI. OPI yes. had a Taylor blue color that went everywhere. And then over the last couple of years, about the last four years, Nike partnered with us and created Outlive Yourself Socks. Wow. So that's been great. That's been great. You can see those on our website too. That's and the, um, to add to that, I think there's a there's a story behind the color um, of the the logo and the branding of Taylor's Gift. Also, the color of the nail polish, which matches mm -hmm. the the branding, and then the socks, the color of the socks as well. Um, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about the the story behind the color? I think it's important. Yeah, the color is reflective of Taylor's eyes. Um, she had the most beautiful crystal blue eyes. And I remember just even as a baby, people would stop me and go, she has the prettiest eyes. They were just beautiful. And so I knew that color was special because a few weeks before she passed away, she had told me her eyes were her favorite feature. Mm -hmm. And I told her, you know, they should be, they're beautiful. So that color was important you know, um, and it was special. And so that is kind of the color that we have chosen because we knew it was something of Taylor that she even loved about herself. Right. Yeah. Um, so it was just a very special color and, you know, working with Nike was really amazing and the, mm -hmm. they were really intentional and thoughtful when they made the socks because the blue on it reflects the color of Taylor's eyes, but there's five stripes on around the top of the sock that honors the five lives she saved. Mm -hmm. So it's just a beautiful connection to all of that. And you said we can go onto the website and take a look at those. You can, you can go there and you'll see our book also. And if you just go on our website, you'll see a link called shop and you can see it there. That's so great. And do you think that this advocacy and, and working to promote donation, has that helped you at all in your grief journey? Yes, I would say yes, because I think just being able to share the importance and the gift that Taylor gave, but also so many other donor families that we have talked to and supported and helped. Um, it's given purpose to the pain, I have to say. Um, and it's, you know, I wouldn't say, I, I think we're always going to be healing. I don't think we're going to be healed, right? Because that's just grief, right? That's just it. But it has helped with the sting of grief. Time has helped with that. But also being able to share Taylor's story and the gifts that she gave um, has really given purpose to the pain. This episode is, you know, highlighting on National Grief Awareness Day. And so there are different ways to observe that, which is either being someone who is looking for support or someone who is being supportive. What would you say either for us as a do donation organization and aftercare team, or just anyone listening, how can we be supportive to someone else who needs that support today? So one of the things that I always say about, um, cause it's hard to have someone in your circle that is grieving right? It's hard. And um, 
my story with that is I will never forget a friend of ours, Daniela. She actually wasn't even a friend of ours in 2010. She was someone in the community and she learned about Taylor. The community was, you know, all um, surrounding us. And I remember one night the doorbell rang and opened the door and there's Daniela, who we don't know, standing there. And she said, I don't know what to say. I just want to let you know I'm here. That was the most perfect, beautiful statement. Because what she did is she showed up. She showed up when it was hard and she didn't try to fix. Um, You know, many times when you're going through grief, people want you to be who you were before, right? And that's changed. That has changed. They want to fix you. They want you to be back to normal. And what she said really was so beautiful because it was so real. And so I would just, you know, really encourage those who have someone in their circle grieving, just say something like that. I don't know what to say. I just want to let you know I'm here because many times people won't say anything because of the fear of saying the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But that actually for someone who is grieving is harder because grief can be very isolating and you feel like you're on an island. And especially when people don't want to really speak because they're afraid of saying something wrong, it makes you even feel more isolated, right? So be the person that steps in when it's hard, show up, ring that doorbell, reach out is what I would recommend. And because she did that, I became a better friend to my circle who were going through grieving, Mm -hmm. who were going through grief, because those words of, I don't know what to say, but I'm here was just so raw and real. And I received that so well. Wow. That's incredible. That's a great, those are great tips. And I think it's something that we could all benefit from. Yeah. Even us as aftercare coordinators and our aftercare teams. Well, Tara, thank you so much. We are very appreciative of you and your advocacy efforts um, to help our donor families and all donor families um, in their grief journey. Um, If anybody would like more information, they can visit taylorsgift.org to read more on Taylor's Gift Grief Support Program. That was a really great conversation, and I'm so glad that we were able to have Tara come in to talk about Taylor's gift and how that has helped her in her own grief journey and to be able to offer that hope to other families that we serve and that other organizations throughout the United States help as well. Absolutely. In preparation for today's episode, I did some research on National Grief Awareness Day to figure out how this got started and why we have it. And I found that it was created by a woman who is named Angie Cartwright. And she created this in honor of her mom. And her birthday is on August 30th. And she is trying to start a campaign in order to get this nationally recognized as a day that we all discuss and normalize our grief and help one another explore and cope with the grief that we're experiencing. Yeah, I think sometimes we all imagine grief to be this really linear process, right? So we um, kind of have the initial stage of grief where everything is just so painful and then it eventually goes away over time. And so I think it's, it's really important to note that grief is not linear 
it's really um, a wave of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what really speaks to that um, is um, a psychiatrist had come up with um, a stage of grief model. Mm-hmm. And she talks about there are five different stages of grief. Um, we don't go through all of them, um, you know, in, in the order, right. but um, we kind of just go through them as we are grieving. Um, so the first one is denial. Um, denial is when you're kind of feeling numb. Everything is just so new. It's, it's, you're still in shock. Um, and so sometimes people just carry on as if nothing really happened. Um, you know, they're still in the state of disbelief. Um, sometimes I also read somewhere that it's very common to feel, um, still feel the presence of someone who has passed away. Um, it, it's kind of hard for for people in their head to imagine that this person is, is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second stage is anger, which of course is, is completely natural um, to, to experience. Um, it death really seems like it's unfair. Um, and we don't, we look at other people in their situations and we think that's not fair that they have their loved one and I don't. Right. Um, and so that's kind of where anger comes from. Um, the third stage is bargaining. And so bargaining I thought was really interesting mm-hmm. um, because I didn't understand how that kind of fit in, uh-huh. but it talks a lot about when we're going through this pain, we, we're having a hard time accepting that this is the change that we're going through, that this is what it is. And so people start bargaining when um, they make deals with perhaps God, or they, you know, make deals with themselves. And, you know, if this, then that, Mm -hmm. if, if I go to church every Sunday for a month, you're going to heal my loved one. Right. And, um, and I also think it's important to note um, when going through these, the five stages of grief were written um, as this psychiatrist was uh, working in hospice care with cancer patients. Wow. So I think the model has been adapted to um, all forms of grief. Mm-hmm. Um, but when this was written specifically, it was for um cancer patients. And so with bargaining, we see like they uh, got their cancer diagnosis. And so they're bargaining with God. If you heal me, I will do, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And so um, after that comes depression. And so that's typically what we think of when we talk, when we see, um, or when we talk about grief is, you know, depression, right? It's the sadness, um, longing for our loved one, um, pain being very intense, um, and coming in waves at a time. And then the last part is acceptance. Mm -hmm. So the grief still comes, but we have accepted that, um, our loss, we're never going to get over our loss, but we're going to be able to live with it. And, you know, we talked to Tara later on and she talks a little bit about how, um, you, you're never really better. You can't be fixed, but you can learn to adapt to your new normal. And so that's where acceptance comes in for, for the last stage. Right. Yeah. And I think that I, 
I saw an, an image before. I think it's kind of something that a lot of people may be familiar with when they talk about the stages of grief. We all accept, expect it to be kind of like one is higher than the other, that linear path, like you said. But the experience you get is something like this crazy roadmap of just all over the place. And you kind of regress. Sometimes you go back and forth, you know, to the anger and the denial. And, you know, you, it happens all the time. And um, it's one of those, it's part of the journey. And um, one doesn't have to happen before the other. They're going to end up happening the way that they happen. And they're going to have to happen differently for different members of our family than they may for ourselves too. And so those are good things to recognize and kind of identify whenever you hear it and see it, what stage someone is in to be able to help them out best. Absolutely. And, and again, it's important to note that these they don't happen in the order. They don't happen... Um, you know, at all at the same time, um, you can start off feeling angry and then get depressed and then go back to feeling angry. Um, and so it's really just, a, a, a way that you navigate your feelings, you recognize them, um, and you can, you kind of prepare for them. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in, in researching some of those things, uh, on grief awareness day, you know, was just, it is not a linear pathway for your grief, but also it's not something that can be resolved. It's not um, something that's going to be really simple. Um, like I said, you know, sometimes you're going to end up back to denial after you were in anger and you're going to maybe circle right back to to anger after being uh, in depression. And and uh, that's going to be something that we're always going to deal with. And I think that if we figure out um, what's going to help us best, then that will help us in that grief, but it's not something that you're going to cure yourself of, but you can find, find hope for yourself. Right. Right. And I think that some of that, that hope is like we had mentioned, like when we spoke to to Tara is um, how can we support one another? And I think one of those ways to observe uh, this national grief awareness day is either being someone of service to, to help somebody else who is in grief and needs help or, speaking to someone who can be that shoulder for you to cry on just to be able to get whatever feelings that you have out to get those out um, in this day or any day, really. Right. Yeah. And even um, engaging in self-care is really important. I mean, um, we we can never really prepare to lose a loved one. We can never really prepare for these emotions. Mm-hmm. But maybe when holidays are coming up or special occasions, um, anniversaries or birthdays, um, we can kind of uh, better navigate how we're going to honor our loved one and honor ourselves. Um, there was somewhere that I read that um, when when going through grief and the holidays, um, to consider the three C's, which is choose, connect, and communicate. So um, choose what's best for you. Choose what is going to be um, what you want to do to honor your loved one that day, whether it's um, being by yourself and reflecting or being with friends and family and having dinner at your loved one's favorite restaurant or, or anything really, um, and connect, connect with with people who um, understand who you can talk to. We know grieving happens every day, but we hope you can remind yourself that it's okay to be open about your grief. By communicating about how we feel, we can help one another. 
Yes, and thank you again to to Tara for joining us to share her story and uh, more about Taylor's gift. And we will see you all again in October. Thanks for listening. Legacies of Life is brought to you by Texas Organ Sharing Alliance's Donor Family Aftercare Department. If you would like more information about Taylor's Gift and the work that they're doing, please visit taylorsgift.org. If you want more information about TOSA or organ donation, you can visit us at tosa1.org. Our website has a lot of bereavement information for donor families, and we also have the ability to help you sign up as a life-saving donor. Again, our website is tosa1.org.